Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Economics Day. So you know what that means. We bring in Canada's hardest working economists, working harder than ever because, wow, what do we make of everything that's going on economically? Uh, that is Eric Lascelles, Chief Economist at RBC Global Asset Management. Eric, you, you seem uh, unusually cheery for a, uh, for a day that's just going to create uh, piles of, of uh, analysis and work for you. Dave, I mean, you're going to have to remind me, is good bad and bad is good or is good good and bad's bad? I'm getting sufficiently confused. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think about these strong job numbers, but they they, they, they were strong. <laughs> Shall we just get yeah. that way in or do you have a different plan of attack? Well, no, I mean, uh, you, you you just said it. You're, you're, in, you're in that part of the of, of the cycle where, where, where it does kind of play out that way, right? Where, well, I mean, depending on what you're what you're cheering for, but if you're if you're cheering for interest rates to stop going up and inflation to be under control and signs of that, uh, the numbers this morning were not necessarily on your side, even though, as you say, they were good numbers. So you should be celebrating the fact that people are getting jobs, lots of people are working, which is uh, normally what we want, and there's strength in the there's some strength somewhere in the economy. So 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 what do you make of all this? Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of laughing in the sense that I'm reading newspaper articles. Here's one in front of me from Bloomberg and saying stocks climbed. And that's true at this point with traders brushing off concerns about data showing a strong labor market. So it is one of these weird worlds in which, you know, normally yeah. we should be celebrating. I think in the end, you, you do say it's good, it's good when higher sure. is strong. And so I'll just say societally and in a logical way, we should be quite pleased that Canada and the U.S. added jobs. And I'll get into those details in a moment. Uh, the twist is just every time the labor market stays strong, central banks say, uh-oh, that means uh, you know, inflation sticks around for longer, and so central banks have to raise rates more. And that's been a bit of a theme recently, to the extent you had a hawkish Fed meeting a few days ago, and the market added a little bit to its assumption about where the Fed funds rate needs to go. And, and then again, on the back of this, we've seen another you know, half a hike added to the peak policy rate sometime out there in, in 2023. And so the market's thinking the policy rate could actually sneak a little beyond 5% given this persistent strength. So uh, that's that's you know, still a fair distance from the, the 4% rate that the U.S. is at right now. And I, I mean, digging into the numbers, it, it was you know, pretty strong for the U.S., very strong for Canada. The U.S. added 261,000 jobs. The market had looked for a little under 200,000. That's not that different, but nevertheless, a little stronger than expected. Uh, some slight upward revisions to the prior month, so it looked pretty solid through and through. Um, the unemployment rate went up a little bit, but it was one of those, you know, people looking for work kind of twists as opposed to as opposed to something inherently bad about the, the economy or the labor market. Uh, and I guess if you wanted to poke a hole, I don't think you should, because in the end, this is a pretty solid report. And uh, we've seen that numbers looking pretty good right through it. Uh, but if you wanted to poke a hole, you could say that the household survey. Now, Dave, remember, this is a payroll survey. They survey businesses. They tell them hiring. Um, but there is another way of doing it. It's actually the way Canada does it, which is to survey people and ask them what they're up to. And that can surface some things if, if you know, for instance, they're not quite hitting all the companies out there because companies are forming or failing and, and so on. Uh, the household survey says there was a loss of 328,000 jobs. So you could, you could have a very different conclusion if you wanted, but that one does tend to be a, a bit more volatile. It, it deserves a little bit less attention. I wouldn't give it a zero weight, but equally it's, it's stretching to say the labor market's really soft. And I, I think that the bigger story here is one in which uh, whether you're looking at the official number or whether you're looking at jobless claims uh, or whether you're looking at the ADP employment survey, which is a good little leading indicator, they've all been holding together. The U.S. labor market remains broadly strong. 
Uh, let's acknowledge we can see little hints of turns. One could even be, listen, payrolls were rising at you know, well over 261,000 a while ago, but it's, it's still a good number. Uh, but you can see little hits elsewhere. I mean, it's it's quite a juxtaposition to see these overall job numbers. And then you read the headlines of the newspaper and lots of talk about tech companies laying off right now. Yep. So, you know, there is a turn happening there. I don't know that I can say with certainty that's the leading indicator per se, but, but at least one sector is anticipating a more challenging environment. And, and to the extent that some of that is coming from diminished marketing spending, you might argue it is a leading indicator of sorts. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see if that maps onto others at some point. We can see that job openings are trending a little lower. We can see that you know, quits rates, people quitting their jobs are starting to go down as perhaps they perceive that the number of opportunities out there are, are shrinking a little bit. So there's a bit of a turn, but for the most part, the labor market's still fairly resilient and we still see economic weakness out there. Housing has absolutely turned and the inventory cycle has yeah. absolutely turned and companies are saying they're going to do less CapEx. And Consumers are saying they're going to do less spending, but you know, there's still a bit of a waiting game in terms of economic weakness. And I will say, you know, we still think there's a recession coming. We still think it's most likely in the first half of next year. But there have been a few tongues wagging recently that maybe it's a second half of next year story. I'd be surprised if it waited that long. But I would say it's not a not a zero percent probability this thing comes together, or I guess you know falls apart is a better way of putting it. Yeah. Maybe a little later than once assumed. These job numbers are stronger than you would have guessed, given all of the central bank tightening that's happened and given all of the high inflation that we're facing right now. Now, now I, I, I guess this, this would be completely unusual to, to have so much tightening and have so much of a delay before you really see things grind to a halt. Or, or is, is that just an element of, of all the money that was slushing around uh, post-COVID and that that's that's you've got to eat through that before the monetary policy really kicks in. And so you, you could see things push a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, so I think the, the best argument for a delayed hit is, as you say, household finances were looking maybe ex-Canada were looking better than, <laughs> yeah, than yeah. normal going into this in Canada, of course, with all that household debt and housing markets may, may be less true. But uh, but nevertheless, yeah, so I mean, I think, I think that's a pretty good argument for later. Uh, and let, let the record show that we've always said we still think the labor market should be relatively less badly affected by a downturn than normal yeah, because than normal. companies fought so hard to get those workers in recent quarters. And so they're going to be reluctant to, to shed those workers. So I, I, think, I think it's fair to say we shouldn't look to the employment market to be hit more than normal or, or to be a leading indicator in that regard. So so in that sense, maybe it's it's cooperating. It's a tricky thing, though, in the sense that, you know, People often say, listen, you know, central bank rate hikes hit with a lag of 18 months. And if that's you know strictly true, then actually second half of next year makes a, a lot of sense, maybe. Uh, but that's not totally true. Like that, that That's for the full impact of the monetary tightening to be felt, right? Every last drop of it, but quite a chunk of it is immediate. And in fact, some of it is anticipatory, right? People are pricing yes. in rate hikes. That showed up in the bond market. That's already in things like mortgage rates. And so, uh, and, and we can see rate sensitive sectors like housing clearly softening. And so I, I would argue that uh, it, it doesn't totally make sense that, that a downturn would take that long to come together. Uh, but really the observation so far is that particularly in the case of the US, there's just been sort of some, some pleasant resilience uh, in, in recent months. And it's just made complicated by the fact that normally we'd all be cheering this on as investors because we like it when economies grow. But this time, to the extent that inflation needs to be drummed out of the system, uh, this is a signal that we're not quite getting to where we need to get maybe in terms of pulling inflation back down. And with a uh, 
you know, an October CPI print that's coming up and is probably going to be fairly heated again, in part just because gas staged a mini revival. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, these central banks are, are still very much on the attack here and raising rates for the moment. Uh, and, and that's a, a, a painful thing. You would think, apparently not to the labor market, but you would you would think at some point. Yes. Now, I mean, we, I, I guess there, there there is the argument that uh, that all of these higher rates have, have really just taken rates back to kind of uh, normal level yeah. of where where rates have been historically so uh but uh but we'll we'll leave that one for another day let's let's go to let, let let's go into the monetary policy because we had the, the the fed announcement this week and and so so you you, you brushed uh you brushed on the the idea that you know maybe rates uh, the fed fund rates end up going a little bit higher than than we would have thought before off this jobs number and from powell's comments but it was also a little bit in there about you know, maybe we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna start to not go up three quarters of a percent mm. every announcement. Maybe we're gonna start to level things off. What are what are what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you think that that that's the way it plays out, or 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 does this number change change everything again? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, gosh, I mean, we were all a bit whipsawed by that Fed decision. So it did come in on the screws in the sense that everyone looked for that three quarter percentage point hike. That's what we got. So the policy yeah. rates at four, just a, a hair below, uh, technically, I suppose. But, but you know, moved quite a bit. Uh, you know, initially, the takeaway and markets felt pretty good about this was that, as you say, hey, you know, we don't need to go 75 every time. You know, we can perhaps slow the pace of tightening. In fact, there's the Boston Fed presidents on the on, on the wire saying something similar today is that's I think helped to contribute to the stock market's relative pleasure despite you know the prospect of, of, of a fair bit of hiking left so so that was the initial takeaway and I think that's important we we, we already thought and we've seen indeed Bank of Canada pass that moment of, of peak velocity in terms of tightening and so the Fed seemingly in, in that realm as well so that's the first step that's like a first derivative move we want the, you know, the next or maybe a second derivative move we want the next derivative to turn and actually you know get to a peak rate here but uh, nevertheless the tightening slowing um but but then kind of the bombshell or the counterpoint was that uh, powell said that they, they think that the peak policy rate is going to have to be a little higher than they conveyed in september and they conveyed in september like a high four uh and so the market said oh boy okay well they're slowing the rate but they still think there's a you know a bit of work left and so uh you know market went from pricing a 4.9 percent peak policy rate to i think it was a 5.1 or 5.15 which which you know can't quite happen but you know just just, just putting that in as a placeholder <laughs> Uh, and then after these job numbers, it's up to about a five and a quarter peak policy rate. So potentially north of five. You know, we'll, we'll see if they quite get there. I, I'd like to think inflation starts to behave in a way that maybe precludes the last little bit of that. But it's probably not bad to be budgeting for something in the realm of, of five. Do note, we're already at four. So we've gone from zero yes. to four. Uh, we're talking about four to five. And so in, in theory, we're... 80% done the tightening, if that makes people feel any better. But of course, we, we still suffer the pain of the higher rate even after the tightening is done. Now, the, the, the big question I'm getting as I'm out doing, uh, I'm doing a lot of speaking across the country. I know you are, you, you are as well. Um, the big question that I'm getting from investors is, uh, what about Canada? Because we saw Canada raise only 50 basis points on the last Bank of Canada announcement. Uh, are we seeing these policies slightly diverge mm -hmm. and 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 if so what do you think the key driver or drivers of a of a divergence in policy would, would be yeah that, that's a great question and so i i totally agree we are seeing a, a bit of a divergence and it looks plausible that the bank of canada ends up peaking out maybe three quarters of a percentage point below where the u.s does it doesn't look like the bank of canada is targeting a a five handle or anything north of that. Uh, they've been pretty clear that they're slowing their pace of tightening and let the record show. And 
hope I can get this right. Bank Canada raised rates 100 basis points in July and then 75 in September and then 50 in October. And no guarantee it's 25 in December, but nevertheless, <laughs> there's a clear decelerating trend afoot there. And and, and their language has been consistent with that. And it's, it's worth mentioning, um, there's more, I would say, you know, heterogeneity in terms of what central banks are saying than we've heard in a while. For a little while there, it was just everybody saying there's more, there's more, we're accelerating, there's a lot of tightening happening. And the Fed's message is still, I mean, it's even become more nuanced, but it's still, there's a, there's a certain chunk of work left to be done. Bank of Canada has changed its language, suggests it's getting closer to an end. Uh, just, just as an aside, just to the extent that it maybe says something about how central bankers think. The Bank of England did a 75 basis point hike quite recently. It also, in fact, it explicitly said it expects to do less tightening than the market assumes. That, that's an even bolder statement. Um, but, but central banks are starting to think maybe they're getting closer to having done enough and they're cognizant that the full damage isn't immediate. So there's some lag impact they need to be ready for here. Uh, and in Canada's case, you said, why should Canada do less? Uh, and so I, I think Canada should do less. And the answer is just that our economy is so much more rate sensitive, right? There's more household debt and the housing market is more vulnerable uh, and we're seeing a bigger impact already. Uh, and so I think the Bank of Canada appreciates that as, as kind of the, the differentiator with the U.S. And so, you know, you, you're going to get, sadly, just as much economic damage from a 4% rate in Canada as a 5% rate in the U.S. And so they don't have to go quite as far. And I think I think that's where the, that, that's where the thought process is. really. Excellent. Well, that's um, that, that's a lot of ground covered. And uh, it's good. I'm, I'm in uh, I'm in Boulder, Colorado this morning. We just got an unexpected talk about unexpected. Uh, unexpected. It looks like a couple of feet of snow here that uh, that wasn't forecast, and then it's going up to like 20 degrees today. Uh, but I've got my uh, we've got our lumberjack shirts on. We're ready to work hard today, uh, Eric. I can see your uh, you are in full on mode, and uh, and as always, thanks for uh, for jumping on uh, the morning of these announcements to uh, to give us an update on what it means for all of us. So uh, always appreciate it. Okay, my pleasure, Dave. Thanks. Talk to you later, everybody. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.